Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is season two, episode 37. And it is just you and me today. There is no guest. I'm breaking up some of the guest episodes with some solo episodes with just me. And um, I've got lots of good things to talk about today. So let's get going. All right. So first of all, happy Halloween. This episode publishes on Halloween, last day of October. Can you believe it's the end of October? I I sure cannot. I cannot believe it. But that's what happens when it's your favorite season and it just seems to go by in a flash of an eye. So that's at least how it is for me. But I, I do really try to savor every moment that I can Uh, because I just love the weather of fall and late summer and the colors. The colors here are amazing. They are at their peak in the Chicago area. So when you're driving down um, any residential street around here and, um, oh man, I I bet the, um, the Chicago Botanic Garden is just amazing right now. But the colors are the bright red leaves and gold leaves and um, deep purple aubergine eggplant colored leaves. They're just all out right now. It is the peak. It is the most beautiful color that is here um, during the year. So uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's just just beautiful eye candy to see when you're out and about outside. And there's something about the maple trees that have the super bright red leaves, but um, they're they're not all red. There's there's like um, an illumination. They, they look illuminated because there are these gold leaves, these bright yellow into the gold color that are underneath the red ones. And it just looks like the tree is sort of like glowing or illuminated by the the yellow leaves. So um, yeah, those are some of my favorites I like to see. Um, And in addition to uh, the the purple ones too, those are really, really pretty. so, oh, I harvested my homegrown pumpkins uh, a week or so ago, and I had three pumpkins. So if you follow me on Instagram, which is stephanie.socha.design, I posted a photograph of those three pumpkins, which I'm so proud of. There was a really nice big one and two medium-sized ones. So, um, and... <laughs> I have been um, avoiding doing anything with them. They they are sitting on my back porch, and it's it's kind of cool out there. So they're almost like in a little bit of a refrigerated kind of environment because it's been really the uh, chilly here. It's been in the 40s, um, 
And actually, on Halloween, when this airs, uh, we're supposed to have a little bit of snow. Yes, snow. Unbelievable. But yep, here we are. Winter is coming. So I've been avoiding it because I don't know why I've made these pumpkins so precious to me. But I have. It's like, it's like that fabric that you just just cringe. You just don't want to cut into it because you love it so much and you don't want to, you know, cut into it or make mistakes or whatever. So that's how I'm acting with these, these pumpkins. And it's crazy because the pumpkins are perishable. It's not like I can put them in my little pumpkin stash and pull them out and look at them anytime I want, which is why I took a bunch of photographs because I knew, you know, second of all, we are not growing pumpkins again because my husband says they, it's just our yard is way too small. We have a city, urban city backyard, and it's kind of like the size of a postage stamp. I know, but uh, it was really a lot of fun to grow these pumpkins this summer. And okay, so we found a fourth pumpkin, and it's a big one too, and it's beautiful. So I got four pumpkins out of my one pumpkin vine this summer. So happy. I'm so excited about this. So yeah, four pumpkins. So now I know. I I know that I have to cut into these pumpkins because I am going to uh, roast the pumpkin seeds. They're a very healthy snack. And, um, you know, anything homegrown is better for you than processed in the stores, right? Yeah. Technically, I could roast um, the pumpkin flesh and make pumpkin puree. Uh, I didn't know this, but even jack-o'-lantern pumpkins, the flesh is edible. I had no idea. I thought it was just the sugar pumpkins that you could eat, but it's not. But I, I'm probably not going to do that just because uh, for the sake of time. So, yeah, I'm really so excited about the little pumpkins. Um, what else? So yeah, the cold weather has arrived in the area. And for those of you who do live in colder climates, like I do, this time of year, it seems like, um, you know, you, you're, you're, you get a appetite for comfort foods, like nice, warm, homemade comfort foods. So that's um, what we've, I, I've been kind of cooking lately. And I um, I made this pot roast in my Instant Pot, and it only took an hour, which is amazing. It's a pretty easy recipe. I'm going to put a link to it in my show notes, but it is by, I've talked about this uh, YouTube person before, it's Press Your Luck, and he has been on... Um, GMA, Good Morning America. So this guy, and he just published a book, a cookbook. So he's really like, you know, becoming big. And I've been following his channel for the last couple of years. So two years ago, when I first started following his channel, I mean, he it was he was just like a normal, everyday YouTube person putting up videos. But his popularity has grown because his recipes are really good. And he does a really good job um, demonstrating them on his channel. And um, he has this thing where he snaps his finger and then 
um, every like he'll show an onion and he'll say, you know, like dice an onion, snap, and then you'll see the onion diced. So that's kind of cool, too, because he doesn't like make you watch him dice the entire onion. So it's kind of fun. So yeah, this Instant Pot Pot Roast is pretty amazing. And I think the other thing that's great about him um, that has contributed to his popularity is that he um, he does, you know, some shortcuts with the recipes. Um, I mean, he uses like bouillon instead of, you know, actual sometimes in place of um, the actual chicken stock or broth. But he will add other flavors, what they call umami flavors of, um, you know, soy sauce and Worcestershire sauce in in the sauces of his recipes and um, red wine. So I made a bolognese recipe of his that had red wine in it, and it was so delicious. So anyway, yeah, I've been um, using my Instant Pot a lot. And um, it's a really, it's a really good way to make these meals that typically take three to four hours to make, and you can condense it down to about about an hour. Um, what else? So with a change of seasons, um, it it kind of prompts me to do some, um, I guess, what do we call it? Fall cleaning. And I, there's this room in our house that we use as a closet because this is a super old, like 100-year-old uh, two-flat house with tiny rooms and even tinier closets. So the one room we use as a closet, um, one of the walls has all these closet organizers installed, and that is my closet. Um, so then my husband has taken over the three foot by four foot closet in our bedroom. <laughs> so, well, that's how it should be, right? <laughs> uh, but so it, it's, it was time for me to switch out the seasonal clothes and put away the summer clothes and pull out the winter clothes. And uh, this room just needed to be thoroughly cleaned out because it sort of becomes a catch-all for anything that we don't want to deal with or put away at the moment. And then it starts stacking up until you're like, what is going on in this room? I can like barely walk around in it. So yeah, that was an all-day affair for me last Saturday. But man, it feels so good when you're done. It, it just was because when I do this type of cleaning, this like, you know, deep, deep cleaning and organizing, I do it like I am like doing every little nook and cranny crevice type of sort of thing. And um, yeah, so and that's why I, I don't do that that often like a lot of other people do. Some people really love to clean, like do deep cleanings every week. It's like part of their routine. I just don't like to do it. I, I want my time, my free time to like do sewing and quilting and um, other things. <laughs> so um, as, as minimal time as I can devote to uh, housekeeping, I do. And yeah, I mean, that's just how I am. Not that I have a, you know, completely filthy house. I mean, I do clean, but we're just, my husband and I, it's just my husband and I and our dog, and we're just, we're untidy people. 
And by that, I mean, you know, the remote controls are out. Uh, books and magazines are out. Um, just, uh, you know, my there will be shoes and socks all over the place for my husband <laughs> um, until... You know, we'll we'll do the cleaning, but I mean, uh, it's just not it's just not meticulous every second of the day. So, and I know that bothers certain people, but well, that's that's just how we are. Gotta enjoy the the uh, the other things in life. You're never gonna say, "Oh, I wished I would have cleaned more." No, I was. I'll probably say, "I wish I could have quilted more." Right. <laughs> One thing that I did um, not get rid of were I, I had like about five or six pairs of jeans that either were um, outdated or and all of them didn't fit. <laughs> These are like, you know, upwards of, you know, anywhere from five to 10 year old pairs of jeans. I don't know why I've hung on to stuff like that. It's It's mostly like with clothing that I've done that with where... I think, oh, uh, I will fit into this again someday or, but then, you know, when you look at things again and you haven't seen them in a few years and you're just like, this is not even like in style anymore. This is so outdated. Uh, you know, like those blue jeans that have had the strie um, design onto them. This was like really big, maybe like seven or eight years ago. And uh, yeah, those aren't in anymore. Like nobody is wearing that. So um, what I've done is I, I collect, I donated like everything else, but these jeans will provide some good, like usable yardage fabric for quilts and dog beds. So I'm going to um, cut those up into um, yardage pieces. Cause before I used to just like toss them into a laundry basket as is, but then I never feel like, you know, dismantling them and getting them ready to sew. So now I will, um, have them all cut and ready to pull when you do a fabric pull and to use them. Um, so yeah, and there's all different types of shades and colors. So I think it'll make really interesting projects. And speaking of fabrics, uh, I have like all of a sudden done this little shopping spree of, of uh, quilt fabrics. And it's ma mainly because of the um, newsletters that I am signed up for. And then you see like all these really good deals all of a sudden. So um, for instance... And you probably can still get some of this fabric um, from So Sweetness, but Sarah um, from So Sweetness has a sale on uh, her Tula fabrics. They're Tula bundles, but these are because uh, So Sweetness is a bag um, pattern making company. So her bundles of fabrics are in full yard increments. So I got five yards of fabric for around $33. That's just a little over $6 a yard. I have never gotten Tula Pink fabric for that price. So that was a good deal. And another good deal was from Pineapple Fabrics. This is no longer going on, so sorry about that. But, I mean, because they, they just did it for a limited time. Like, I think it was like, today only or something like that. Or maybe it was a couple days. But they had 
Allison Glass Sunprint Fabric on sale for like something ridiculous, like $5 a yard. It was so cool. So I jumped on that because I love Allison Glass Fabrics. And um, yeah, these are like feel good buys too, because you're saving, saving a lot of money. And I haven't really purchased a ton of fabrics for at least a few months, right? <laughs> I know that's not really saying much, but hey, it's been a while. So um, I've been pretty good about not uh, getting new fabrics unless I absolutely, that's my rule now is just, um, I used to buy fabrics just because they either were on clearance and went on sale. But now, I mean, and I, I've kind of made this an, a, a universal rule with everything like, um, clothing and makeup and and my fabrics. I have to love it if I'm going to spend uh, money on it. And that seems to that really works. And I'm glad that I glad I do that now. Uh, so yeah, I got some really nice Allison Glass sun prints. They're not here yet. So this was just on sale last week and I am um, I'm waiting for them to arrive. Uh, and then I got some Kona cotton this big box store, you all know who it is. They periodically put Kona cotton on sale for like 50% off. So they had that going on and I got stocked up on some colors I normally don't order like wasabi. And that's a cool, it's kind of a cool like greenish yellow fabric. Um, you know, and, and then like a gray and an aqua. There were a couple of colors that they ended up not having. And it's weird because they have stock um, availability showing on their website, but and these fabrics were in stock at the time I ordered them, and then all of a sudden they weren't, and they had to cancel them off my order. So that's always disappointing, but, you know, anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> um, those are all the new fabrics that I've recently gotten, and then... I purchased a couple of foundation paper piece patterns. Well, one of them is brand new, and I've never purchased a pattern from this designer before. Um, uh, it's called Flying Parrots, and she did um, a pattern called Ocean Ponies. And they are seahorses. And it's a pair of seahorses with their uh, curly tails entwined, and inside of their um, entwined tails they make a heart shape it is so cute and I love seahorses so I I got that pattern and one other motivating thing to when you purchase a pattern is that they if you're on their newsletter these uh, pattern designers usually um, give their newsletter subscribers um like uh, early notice of patterns before they release them and a discount. So that's what happened with this one. And she gave a really nice discount. We had a, a code to enter in. So I jumped on it. I mean, it's, I really, really loved this design. Uh, and she also included with the pattern, um, the small ones, uh, she called the baby seahorses, so that you could make uh, a quilt of a family of seahorses if you wanted to. <laughs> um, but I am going to make the mini quilt. I want more mini quilts in my sewing area. I only have one little lonely mini quilt and it's in my office on my pin board. But um, that's one of the things that I, I want to add to my sewing room um, are mini quilts. And this is a perfect little mini quilt. 
The other foundation paper piece pattern that I got is from Juliet uh, Vander Heiden. I think I'm saying that right, but she is the Tartan Kiwi. And uh, she's actually coming up on a future episode, by the way. Uh, yay. So she re-released uh, an older pattern of hers, and she sort of redesigned it a little bit. And it is the Singing in the Rain pattern. And it's the one with the girl holding the open umbrella, and she's in her rain boots. Really, really cute. A very nice, popular design. I know um, this design has gone around so many uh, quilting swaps um, and sew-alongs and that sort of thing. So it's it's um, pretty popular. But uh, I never got it before, so um, I decided, hey, it's it's newly updated, designed, and and I get a discount. So there we go. Um, <clears throat> so that's it. That's pretty much my little spending spree that I've done in the last uh, couple of weeks here. One other thing I want to tell you about is every year I like to design and um, get uh, printed by Shutterfly, a wall calendar for my kitchen. And I love it because it's personalized to to us and we have photos of ourselves. So, I mean, I, we used to get like these, um, all different types of themes. Like, you know, a few years we would have like the wildlife animals on the calendar. Um, oh, I don't know, just all different types. But since we got Cooper... And this became available, um, you know, nowadays you can, you can print anything on anything. So, so why not do a, 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 your own custom wall calendar? And it's really fun. They have uh, millions of types of templates and designs and color palettes uh, for whatever you need it for. And you just kind of plop in your photographs and all of these pre-designed uh, placeholders for the photos. A few of the calendars they have allows you to customize it even further. And you can resize um, all of the picture holders. They have these graphic elements um, from the design. So for instance, this calendar I have, it's, it's got this really cool watercolor type um, floral design, very similar to the Rifle Paper Company um, design. And they have these, all these flowers and, and foliage leaves and stuff in, on the sidebar in separate graphic um, elements that you can drop and drag and change the design and make your own design on each month of the calendar. So I played around with that. That was fun. And uh, yeah, I just got it back. They printed it and sent it out and it's the 2020 uh, wall calendar. And I love it. It's really cool. I love doing stuff like that. Um, so that's it. That's uh that's all about the new stuff here. Uh, let's talk about Quilt Market. Quilt Market was just this past week in Houston. And I think everybody knows what Quilt Market is, but just in case you don't, Quilt Market is a trade show for the quilt industry. Fabrics, notions, tools, um, patterns, anything that a quilt shop needs to um, source for their quilt shop. 
online and brick and mortar stores. So um, this is where everybody goes. And this, the fall market is the main market. They also have a spring market, which I guess is a little smaller. But now it um, now everybody kind of knows about market because of all of our social media. Um, all of us that are not like directly in a quilt business, like a quilt shop, um, we kind of can experience it from a distance. And we get to kind of have... Uh, sneak peeks of all the introductions of the new fabrics and and everything. But having said that, I don't like to go crazy on it and like, you know, be so into it that I want to know every single thing that's happening because I just think that, you know, sometimes like, you know, uh, the element of surprise is also nice too when the collections actually do make it to the quilt shops and you can actually purchase this fabric because, all right, let me just get into this right now. This is my personal opinion. So it's just, it just is. And uh, I just think that when you go to market and these quilt shops order, all of these fabrics for their stores, they do not get to sell them for another six months. It's like two whole seasons have, you know, passed. We go through fall and winter and spring is when these fabrics come out. Uh, So, and then you, now that you can see all these new introductions and what they look like and um, what they are, uh, you just... um, you you get really excited about it and then you just can't even order it. You can't even buy it. Uh, so I don't know. I just think that it's kind of an old school way to to source and purchase, like to do business purchasing. It's This is just me though. I mean, you guys, I'm just on my own little soapbox here. So not like it's going to change or anything, but you know how like you feel like you can solve the world's problems. That's what I'm doing right here. I'm going to solve the quilt market world problem here. <laughs> here's here's my idea. So if there are any quilt shops or I mean fabric companies or quilt market that's listening, and I'm sure they've heard this before. They're probably not even hearing this for the first time. But my brilliant idea is why not Buy inventory and have fabric collections printed and ready to sell at market where these quilt shops can order and get these fabrics within four weeks and they can sell them. Why not do that for the designers that you know are going to sell these collections? Now, I'm not because that's really the big thing. I think that is the one major obstacle that keeps the fabric companies from making these fabrics available to buy at market is that they don't know what's going to sell. They're not going to invest a ton of money and print all these lines of fabrics from multiple designers and lose money on this. So I do get that. I get that part. But for example, Tula Pink, she has a new collection that's coming out in March and it's called Homemade. And this collection looks outstanding. It is amazing. And I, this is one collection that I am going to like count down the days until I can get it because it, it's, um, 
it's really nice. It's like, uh, and of course, Tula is so smart. She's <laughs> she's marketing a product of her products. <laughs> she's marketing her fabric that she's designed of the products that uh, that that her name is on. So her sewing machine with Bernina is on her main statement fabric. And um, all the ancillary fabrics in the collection are all filled with different sewing tools and notions that you would use in your everyday sewing. And of course, they're Tula. They're Tula products. They're Tula scissors, Tula rotary cutters. Um, So there's thread. You know, it's probably Aurifil thread that she's using in her fabrics. But uh, it's fun and it's in fun colors as usual. I love her color palettes because they're usually are, you know, a purple and a mint green or aqua and pink, um, which they are. So why not order, pre-order and have her collections printed and available to sell at market to these quilt shops that they can get, you know, fairly quickly because that that will sell. Tula is a proven um, fabric designer and her collections sell out. So that would be kind of a much lower risk than selling someone that's either their first collection or, you know, you just don't know. They're maybe unpredictable. Uh, Allison Glass is another designer I think of. Her collections are going to sell. Um, art gallery fabrics. I mean, come on, Juicy Juice, all of those guys, you know, make their fabrics available sooner. Okay, that's it. I'm done off of my soapbox. But, you know, in a perfect world, that's how I think uh, quilt markets should be done. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay, back to quilt market and what was going on this this fall last week. So a couple of Um, people did really well at documenting and posting videos and content right away. Because now that market's long over and stuff, it's like, I'm not really going to go back and like try to find what's going on at market. I was really like into it while it was going on while you know, everybody was there. And the Fat Quarter Shop has YouTube channel and they, they did videos before they went to market, while they were at market, and they were so good. Um, They went to all the booths where they ordered fabrics. They were getting, you know, everybody excited about what's, you know, coming uh, six months from now. But um, quilt kits and everything, they were talking to the designers of the fabrics, and they were posting these videos right away. And that was really cool. That was just amazing, and I was like watching all of their videos. So very good, that quarter shop. And uh, the other person that posted, she didn't post videos, but she posted photos on her own Facebook group, Krista Watson. And she also did post almost real time as she was experiencing market, and um just about her her own fabric line that was being introduced and um, the people that were there. And she had a photograph with her and several of the other fabric designers for the line that she sell, uh, designs for, which is Bernard Tex. She has a really nice photograph with Eleanor Burns 
and another fabric designer, which I should know her name, but I can't remember it. Um, pretty well known and established. Um, but that was amazing. That is so cool um, that she, you know, gets to hang out with Eleanor Burns. But yeah, I love watching um, and, and seeing Krista's, all of her updates. And she's so positive and happy. And she really, you really can't help but be um, excited and, and her her um, just positive um, nature just kind of um, is infectious is what I want to say. And then one other thing about market is um, there is a new fabric designer. He is launching his very first fabric collection as a fabric designer for Northcott Fabrics. His name is Brett Lewis and his brand is called Natural Born Quilter. The name of his new collection, his first collection, is called Stag and Thistle. And this is done in all my favorite colors. You know my favorite colors. Purple, teal, pink, indigo, magenta. <laughs> it's really beautiful. I love the fabrics that I saw that are coming out in this collection. And uh, there's the big statement fabric with the big deer, you know, with the antlers um, but it's really, it looks like it's really large scale. It looks, it, that's pretty interesting. I can't wait to see it. Um, I definitely am going to be looking for that collection when it comes out. Uh, but this guy, he, you know, if you haven't already, you may probably have seen it because he did a great job in marketing for himself and for Northcott Fabrics, his collection. Uh, he posted on Instagram like clockwork. <laughs> and um, not only did he do a lot of posts, but he just came across as just super nice and happy. He was so happy to be at market. I was so happy for him. I mean, I don't even know this person, but I feel like, you know, like I could be his, you know, good friend. And I think that's how it is with all of us. We just you know, we have that common thread that binds us of being quilters or, you know, sewing sewists or whatever, creative people. And uh, and we love to see people get excited about what they do and their creativity. So this guy, um, maybe I can get him on my show. I was thinking about that. I hope so. Um, that would be really cool. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Brett Lewis's um, first fabric collection called Stag and Thistle. I have a commissioned project. I talked about it a little bit and I am restoring and repairing a king size silk quilt. Uh, the client's dog chewed through it, chewed a hole through it. And I um, found some silk dupioni fabric that I am going to repair the quilt with. And I was working on it last week. <clears throat> I really um, had to think about it a lot because I wasn't sure, you know, how I was going to go about doing this and how I was going to incorporate, um, you, you know, the new batting to replace. I mean, there's this like a huge, you know, empty hole there. So you, <laughs> you've, you've got to put the fabric and the batting and it's and it has to be quilted. And... You really only get one shot at this because silk fabric, uh, you, you know, you, the needle, you just, the needle holes, if you, if you take out stitching, you're going to be able to see it. 
I mean, you might be able to steam it out, but I think it's just one of those things where you've got to get it right the first time um, because it's silk. So I did a practice piece last week. I did, um, I had a, you know, an extra uh, piece of silk and because I knew I was going to have to do a practice uh, piece beforehand and I um, wanted to know exactly the quilt design that I was going to do on this and um, did it, I practiced it and definitely um, had a little bit of kinks to work out, but now I feel a lot more confident in moving forward with the actual real deal. Uh, so, and <clears throat> I decided that I am not going to quilt these pieces directly onto this big king size quilt. So what I'm going to do is I'm making applique, little applique pieces one that goes on the front of the quilt and the one that goes on the back of the quilt. And I am pre-quilting those pieces individually. And then I will hand applique them onto the quilt. That really is the only way that it is going to have a seamless look and like the design was meant to be there. Uh, So that's how I'm going to do it. And uh, it looks like it's going to work. So I took a photograph of the practice quilted piece. I showed it to the client and she seemed really happy about it. In fact, it was, it it exceeded her expectations. She didn't even think that, I mean, it was going to be like that. She really thought it was more going to be like a patch. And I was like, no, this cannot be a patch. (laughs) It's going to look like it was, it was made that way. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's always nice when you can um, exceed uh, expectations. All right. So my next topic is about holiday home decor. We are quickly approaching Thanksgiving and then soon after is all of the uh, December holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Uh, So there's a lot of entertaining that's going to take place and maybe you are going to be the host and are going to entertain family and friends this year. So let's talk about the dining room and um, just some different uh, things to think about when you are planning um, to entertain um, for the holidays. So let's, let's just talk about Thanksgiving to begin with. So in the dining room, uh, you have a dining table. And um, let's talk about the tabletops because uh, the tabletops of dining tables, it really, you've got to know what type of lacquer is on top of your dining tabletop. And that kind of will determine um, how you have to, heavily you have to protect it. So... um, if you, uh, or let's, let me also back up here. If you are in the market and you're looking for dining tables, here are some things to think about. A lot of times when you buy a nice dining table, they will have an option for you to order table pads that are made to the exact shape of that table and size. And if the table has extension leaves, there will also be Uh, table pads made in the shape of the extension leaf that can hook together with the other two table pads and be one piece on top of the table. 
These table pads are very nice because they protect the tabletop surface and they have, um, they keep the heat away from the surface of the table. Uh, and it's still, um, a lot of tops of them are mostly vinyl and it's a nice, still like a, um, a, a hard tables type of a surface. Uh, so I would definitely recommend investing in table pads. So if you, if you don't have table pads, you can order them from, there are online companies that will make table pads, um, for you. And you can, um, I think send in like measurements or, um, you know, the, the, sending a template of the top of your table. So there are ways to order table pads um, after the fact. Uh, and they run about like uh, two to $300. So it is an investment. But if you tend to entertain a lot throughout the year, I think it's really a good thing to invest in. If you do not, um, then... There's other ways to protect the tabletop, and I know that um, a lot of people think that tablecloths are old-fashioned, but they really are not. Um, We make a lot of tablecloths for um, design clients, for their dining rooms, and what we do is we layer. So if... If it's just like a tablecloth and that's it, then, yeah, maybe that could look a little dated or, you know, not as, you know, um, modern. But if you layer a table runner down the center of the table on top of a tablecloth, that's already elevating the look right there. And then if you add placemats for each place setting... That's even another layer. Now you have made this really luxe looking tablescape and it is serving multiple purposes where it is going to protect your tabletop. A tablecloth alone in a, in a placemat is not going to protect it from the heat um, and or water rings. So that's why a placemat will help that if, if the glass, the water glass or whatever the glasses are filled with, um, can there's room for them on the placemat, then that will definitely help protect the table from water and condensation rings. But you will still have to put down some sort of a trivet type of thing to protect the table if you're putting hot um, foods onto the table. That's why table pads are really nice because you don't have to worry about it. You can just um, put any hot thing and liquid right down on top of the table. Well, table pads will definitely need to be covered up with a tablecloth because they're just they're they're not they don't look good on their own. They're just kind of like a supporting layer. So think about using a tablecloth and table runner and placemats, cloth napkins. And then for, um, well, wait, backing up again, (laughs) the type of lacquer that's on your table. So a lot of the tables made, um, you know, modern day made tabletops, a lot of them do already have what is called a catalyzed lacquer. And a catalyzed is a very hard 
protective lacquer that allows you to put a um, a wet glass directly on top of it and you will not get a water ring. It, it makes it a lot more impervious to everyday use and scratches and spills and accidents. A lot of times that catalyzed lacquer is put on more like everyday kitchen tables. Um, but uh, more formal um, furniture, uh, dining tables, a lot of times will not have that hard catalyzed lacquer finish on there. They will have like a regular furniture lacquer on the wood tabletop um, because it shows the beauty of the wood that is the table is made out of. And then even above that, there are some tables, and usually you find this in the really high-end tables, that the lacquer is like a wax. It's a real soft wax finish. And those finishes are very delicate. In fact, we have a client right now that her table is at the refinishers, and we are having the tabletop refinished. And I have specifically asked them to put the hard catalyzed lacquer on the top. Because this table used to be in their dining room um, before the house was renovated. Now it's their everyday kitchen table. So it needs to have that protection on there because it keeps getting really deeply scratched and um, damaged by rings and spills. So having said that, you can have, if you need your tabletop, because you can have just the top of the table refinished. And you can find a local refinisher um, that will do it. And um, it really will extend the life of the dining table you have and really bring new life to it. Uh, so there is a little bit of time still if you want to get that done. Um maybe for Thanksgiving, but definitely for Christmas um, and, and the other December holidays. So, um, but think about that. Even if you don't do it this year, just have that in your mind and file it away that if you your table does need to be refinished, um, that there's other options. Because especially if you really like to see the beauty of your wood table and you don't want to cover it up with a tablecloth, then that's a way to go. Because if you have that harder uh, catalyzed finish on the top of the table, then um, it needs much less protection and you can put um, your place settings directly onto it. However, I really do love table linens. So (laughs) I still like for a formal dinner, I would still put a tablecloth and layer it up with uh, runners and placemats and chargers and all of that good stuff. Uh, So... Um, but yeah, that's that's for the dining tables. And um, let's talk about Thanksgiving centerpieces. So centerpieces just they kind of go through different um, types of what's in, what's out, what's the new hot thing. And um, I mean, you remember the times when the centerpieces were like these ginormous branches that was just like a, but it was like huge scale in a large glass space. I mean, that was kind of like, I don't know, that was years ago, but (laughs) I remember when that was like the thing. Um, I tend to like um, smaller uh, 
um, I guess, kind of a centerpiece, but it kind of goes the length of the table so that everyone sitting there has something really pretty uh, centerpiece wise to look at. And I also love very natural centerpieces. So one of my favorite things to do is to um, go to the grocery store and to get this time of year uh, through the winter uh, Satsuma oranges. They're really beautiful shaped um, oranges that have leaves on them. So you'll know what they are when you go there. And um, they're kind of, they're a type of a mandarin slash tangerine like combined, but they're called Satsuma. And on top of that, they're very delicious to eat. But um, those are beautiful to do tablescapes with. And because they have the leaves on them, even more so. So if you kind of like um, put them in groupings, and what I like to do is put them instead of like in a straight line in the center of your table, do more of an organic S-shaped um, line down your table. And as it curves in and out in those uh, shapes of curves, that's where you can place all of your um, uh, dishes, your um, side dishes and, you know, the big main dish and stuff. So um, it doesn't, uh, the centerpiece doesn't take part of a huge part of the table that really is needed to place all of these delicious, you know, food things on there on the table. So doing that in an S shape and you can combine these Satsuma oranges that have leaves on them with mini pumpkins, um, cranberries. You can get, um, you can even combine them with uh, non-real things like um, vines from Michael's, like these garland vines with leaves or sunflowers or that sort of thing. Combining real with the faux um, is fun. It's not that expensive. And I think it's a refreshing look. And then for the candles, it's, um, it's nice to do a lot of little votive candles um, up and down the table because again, everybody that's sitting there wants to kind of have a piece of that, you know, the star of the table. So everybody gets a little bit of that um, centerpiece right in front of them. And that's a lot of fun. And then it's not so um, intrusive. And when you get into those big centerpieces and, you know, that classic thing where people are dodging and they're trying to look at the person directly across from them, but they can't see them because the flowers are in the way. So, yeah, those are just some ideas for uh, decorating tablescapes for Thanksgiving. Um, And uh, let's talk a little bit about host hostess gifts. Uh, you know, because a, a lot of us are, we sew and we quilt, um, and you probably already know this, but I'm just reminding you that you can, you know, a lot of times right now, a lot of us do not have time for anything, but making a set of coasters, quilted, fabric coasters, not quilted, whatever, um, everybody loves those as gifts. Every time I give them and I think, oh, it's just coasters, they love it because you made it, first of all. It's custom because they can't get it anywhere else. So that's a beautiful gift. You can make a set of six coasters, eight coasters, um, even four coasters if it's a small gathering. But a set of coasters and wrap it in a 
pretty ribbon. Uh, and it's, it's really a nice thing. You can even combine it with a bottle of wine or make your own little uh, custom gift um, sort of set for the host or hostess uh, that you're going to Thanksgiving. Um, another thing is to make a fabric wine bag. Those are pretty quick and easy to make and very impressive. You can put, you can gift the bottle of wine in your custom made wine bag. And then another thing is sometimes you, you are assigned or, you know, you want to bring over, um, you know, a dish. Sometimes it's a dessert or an appetizer or a side dish. So I um, just came across these really cool recipes. And of course, from YouTube, because <laughs> you guys know me, I love my YouTube. Uh, so it's kind of a thing that I wind down the day with. I, I just, um, I love going to my Apple TV and clicking on YouTube. And uh, there's this channel called, um, oh, what's it called? Cooking with Laura. Yeah. Uh, wait, I got to pull this up really quickly because I saved it to my um, Instapaper app. No, it's called Laura in the Kitchen. She's um, actually pretty uh, well established. She's got like a lot of cookbooks and I think she's been on Food Network and she's definitely been in, on um, some of the morning shows. I think her gig was the Today Show. Um, but she is really, um, she has some really good recipes and... Here's a few that I want to make and bring for the holidays, throughout the holidays this year. For an appetizer, she has a spinach and artichoke dip recipe. And you make it with, you make the outer uh, bowl out of these um, store-bought rolls, like from the freezer section. She said you can even make it from like, you know, those um, canned uh, biscuits or rolls. Um, what is it? The Pillsbury ones. But I like how she did. The, there are those little round dinner rolls. I've seen them in the freezer section. So um, nice little shortcut. And it makes this super impressive um, uh, appetizer dish. And in the center, you make a ring out of these bis uh, these rolls. And then in the center is this decadent, delicious um, spinach and artichoke dip that you bake and it's all nice and warm and bubbly. And then you, everybody takes a little piece of the, um, a dinner roll and dips it into the dip. So pretty impressive. I definitely want to make that. And then there are a couple of desserts that I saved too. One of them is called chocolate salami. And this one looks pretty easy. I mean, basically you're melting um, semi-sweet and bittersweet chocolates together and, and putting in a couple of filler things like almonds. But you're making it into a roll and then you're slicing it up and it does look like chocolate salami <laughs> with the little almond pieces in it. So it's kind of a fun thing to do. I'll put a link to, um, she has a website where all of these recipes are at and it's called laurainthekitchen.com. The last one I saw that I am definitely going to make is gingerbread bundt cake with cream cheese frosting. And the cream cheese frosting is drizzled over this bundt cake. And then she added like these really fun uh, confetti sprinkles on the top. It's really festive. 
Uh, but the recipe itself looked really delicious and um, not that hard. So I'm really excited about these new recipes. And sometimes I get into the rut of making the same things every year because, you know, certain things you have to because it's tradition. Like for in my family, um, I have this recipe for kolachki cookies, but it's not every time I say kolachki, it's uh, people don't understand of what type it is. And it really is more like um, a crescent cookie. But it's a recipe passed down from my grandmother, and she called it kolachkis. And um, so that's what we make. And it is a cream cheese dough filled with whatever fruit filling you want. My favorite is the almond filling, and my husband loves the raspberry. And you roll it up, and you shape it into a crescent, and it's got these light, delicate layers and to top it off, it is sprinkled with powdered sugar. So that's one of my family's um, traditional recipes that gets made every year during the holidays. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I like to rotate in some new stuff in there, new flavors and new things. So I'm looking forward to trying these recipes out. If you guys end up making any of these recipes or other recipes from Laura in the Kitchen or even the recipes from the, for the Instant Pot from, um, his name is Jeffrey, uh, Pressure Luck is his, um, PressureLuck.com I think is his website and Pressure Luck is the YouTube channel. All right, and one last thing before I go for this episode, you guys, is I got another Patreon member and at the tier level where part of the reward is a shout out on the podcast. So I would like to thank Kimberly from Ohio. She is at the handmade tier level and a very generous subscription um, that she uh, signed up for. And I'm really appreciative and grateful for the support. And not only did she subscribe to my Patreon page, but she also um, sent a very generous donation through my podcast page uh, where I have a donation button. It's a one-time uh, deal and you can donate whatever amount that you feel comfortable with at any time. You can donate one time and then maybe next quarter you want to do it again. So um, those both of those options are there. And uh, I just posted on, on that, um, the Flying Geese level and the Handmade level, I um, also part of uh, the rewards is um, me posting some videos uh, of behind the scenes um, and whatever else, like just, just, you know, some videos that will get posted here and there. And I posted my first one today and it was a behind the scenes of me podcasting. So a huge thank you again to Kimberly from Ohio. Uh, thank you for supporting me on Patreon. And you guys go check out my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. Uh, it's patreon.com slash make and decorate. Um, so um, we're building a community and um, there. Uh, so there's a feed and um, yeah, it's it's um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I really um, am very appreciative uh, of any support that anyone um, can give. 
Uh, it really does help with the um, everyday production of the podcast. And I really enjoy meeting all of you. And as always, definitely send me your feedback at any time. My email, Instagram, um, website, and I love to hear from you. Uh, so yeah, and be sure to subscribe to, if you listen on iTunes and rate and review. Uh, even if you don't have time to write a review on iTunes, even if you click, you know, the five stars, <laughs> if you love it that much, uh, that helps with um, visibility on iTunes. All right, guys, you have a wonderful Halloween and a happy November. I will see you next time and um, I will have a guest on that episode. And just so you guys uh, get excited about, there's an episode coming up in early December and it's for me a really big one. And I'm going to give you um, some hints across the next couple of episodes. So what is a hint I can give you today? Let's see. Hmm. All right. This guest lives in another country and uh, I'll even give you uh, Europe. There we go. That's your first clue. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast. The podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephanie Socha, me. And you can find the show notes at my website, stephaniesochadesign.com. You can find me on Instagram. And remember to rate and review and check out my Patreon page. Bye-bye.